Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Are you ready for the word? Amen. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. We're in, I call it part two. I don't know if it's the last part or not. I'll probably know sometime midweek, but uh, we are talking about starting this year off right. And uh, we want to make sure that we're doing all that we can do to position ourselves for the best year ever. And you know the only way that 2020 will be your best year in the natural is if it's your best year spiritually. I mean, that's the only way it gets better. Spiritually. Spiritually is the is the, the difference maker. What you do spiritually matters. I'm trying to give you some tools to start the year out, to do some things now that will help 2020 and this new decade be the best ever and position yourself for it to be the best ever. And so we, we're, t- we're diving in for last week and this week on the dynamic of prayer and fasting and the spiritual tools and, and what that really does. And, and my job here is to equip you. My job is to do what I can to equip you to walk out a successful life in God. And so you make a decision whether you're going to do it or not. And so let's take a look starting in Isaiah 43, 18. Read this last week. Won't spend a lot of time on these first two and then we'll dive in today's topic. Well, it's all topically related, but Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Do not remember the former things. I can't. That's all I think about or consider the things of old. I know. That's why we need to pray and fast to move past beyond those things. Amen. And then and it says then in verse 19, it says, behold, like, hey, come out of it. Snap out of it a little bit. Hey, quit dwelling on the past. Hey, let me get your attention here. Behold, I will do a new thing. I promise you, I'm doing a new thing. I'm moving. Are you going to move with me? Basically is what he's asking because I'm doing it. Now it shall spring forth, not later, not after 21 days, not at Easter. It's all going to come together at Easter. It's all going to, after the summer, no, right now, he says, now it shall spring forth. Aren't you glad you serve a now God? You serve a new thing God and a now God. And then he says, don't you know it? Are you dwelling in the past? Can't you perceive it? Are you still living back there? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Basically, I can do anything. I can do the impossible And I love that about God. You know, God is into the new, new thing, new year, but it's going to take a new you. Come on, somebody. New year, new decade, new thing. God's doing it, but it's going to take a new you. You can't keep doing all the old things and expect something new. God's moving. You got to move with them. So you got to make new decisions. You got to make new commitments. You got to try new spiritual disciplines or take what you're currently doing in the Lord to a new level. And so we're going to give you some tools that'll help you. We talked last week a little bit about this. And I want to tell you uh, kind of a motivator last week on why it's important to pray and fast. Today, I want to tell you what happens behind the scenes. Like, why is this effective? Why does this work? Seriously, just denying myself some things and spending some time in prayer? Yeah, seriously, it does. And I want to tell you why today. And I want to start with a passage of scripture in the book of Exodus, uh, talking about Moses and the children of Israel. That what he does here really indirectly impacts not just prayer and fasting, but a physical act of obedience to God. Because really that's what we're looking for and that's what God's looking for. So Exodus 17, uh, Moses is with the children of Israel and the Amalekites came to attack them. And so Moses tells Joshua after conferring with God, take some men to go out to confront them. And God tells Moses to go up on top of the mountain overlooking the battlefield and raise your hands up and lift, lift your hands to heaven. And interestingly enough, as Moses stood in that place of obedience to God with his hands raised, the battle went in favor of the children of Israel. But when Moses' arms got tired and he started to lower them, the battle did not go in their favor. It went in favor of the enemy. So let's take a look here at Exodus 17, 11. The word says, and so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed 
And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. As long as he was obedient to God's command, he was prevailing. When he wasn't, he was not winning, or the people. As long as he was obedient to a physical command that God had given him, as long as he had physical obedience, he was winning the battle. As his hands were raised, they were winning. What was happening? And here's what I believe. Here's what I want you to know. That physical obedience brings spiritual release. Come on, somebody. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. Hey, we're partnering with God. God has an expectation for you and I to step out in faith and obedience. We just can't sit back and, and sing, we want to see you move or, or God do this and do that. And he's like, I'm doing it. Where are you at? I've given you the ability. I've given you the authority. Now you need to step out in obedience and faith. And when you do that, it releases something spiritually. Your act of obedience releases something spiritually. And so when you see this scripture, this passage, the battle was winning when Moses was physically obedient to God. And they weren't winning when he was not. And you need to understand the dynamic there. That physical obedience brings spiritual release, spiritual power, spiritual favor, spiritual anointing. It increases it on your behalf. Now, I know that God, well, God can just win the battle if he wants to win the battle. Yes, he can. But the way he establishes is in you and through you. He's already defeated the enemy. Now he has an expectation for you to take your place of authority and operate in his physical obedience which releases the power into the situation. And so we need to know that, especially going into this year. Hey, can I say it'll be a better year if you will physically obey God more than you did last year? If we establish some things right now in physical obedience, I'm making a commitment. I'm gonna physically obey God. No matter what he says, I will guarantee you this will be a better year than you've ever had. Because you'll release, I, let me say it this way, I'm gonna obey God more physically than I ever have. You'll see things released more spiritually than you ever have. Because it's a principle in the word. That's how God established it. And so what, what we see happening in here is physical obedience, releasing spiritual power, spiritual favor on what's happening here. We need to understand that. So somehow there's a connection with what we do physically and what happens spiritually, and God set it up that way. In other words, what we do in the seen world impacts what happens in the unseen world. And the Bible says that which is unseen is more real than that which is seen because God operates in the spirit world and it translates into the natural world. Are you with me this morning? So having said that, I want to walk into a topic for a few minutes that I haven't normally necessarily taught on, but I think you really need, well, I know you really need to know this principle. Now it can be a little misunderstood, which is sometimes my hesitation, but as a pastor, I mean, I got to give you the truth because I want you to walk a life of victory. But what is happening in this moment as Moses is physically being obedient, there's a spiritual power released into the battle. And when he is not being obedient, then that spiritual power, force and favor withdraws itself. In other words, here's what I believe. Angels are released in the moment in the situation by God. That was as quiet as I thought it might be, but hang with me. Okay. So angels are real. Last, year, last week, we talked a little bit about uh, there's real demonic activity. Now, God didn't create demons. He created angels, but a third of them fell with the devil. Come on, somebody. God didn't create that. They have their own choice. They fell. So there's real demonic activity, and there's real angelic activity. Now, we seem to be more focused on the demonic activity because that's what upsets us or impacts us the most. And let me say this in the world, in the world we live in today. There is so much, so much of a, an attraction to the darkness and, and the demonic activity that it just, it, it's mind-boggling. I mean, all the, a lot of the movies being made now are dark and, and, and a lot of things on TV, on regular TV. 
they're, they're, they're putting things in there. It's too scary. I won't even watch them. It's too scary. I mean, I like, I like suspense, but I don't like demonic activity. I won't, I'm not watching that one. And if you don't think there's not real demonic activity, can you just come with Jessamy and I to India one time? <laughs> We've been in places where, man, it'll make the hair on the back of your head stand up, right? The back of your neck stand up. And listen, if you don't have hair on the back of your neck, it'll grow just so it can stand up in those moments. I'm telling you. <laughs> but you know, you don't, hey, you don't have to, some of you guys are like, hey man, I need something to grow up here on top of my head. <laughs> So, no, I'm just, I just, it makes me think of a joke. Can I take a moment and tell it? Okay. Hey, so those that don't have hair on your head, hey, it's okay. God likes that. Because when God looks down from heaven and he sees uh, heads with hair on them, all he sees is hair. When he looks down and sees heads without hair on them, he sees his reflection. <laughs> there you go. Come I, just earned, I just earned major points with you guys that don't have hair on top of your head. But you don't have to go to India to know there's demonic activity. I mean, you go to a movie, you turn on the TV, you go into a place, you go to a store. There's stores I won't even go into. I mean, that's just the truth of it. There's things in places I won't even go. Can I tell you, you can listen to music and feel it and sense it, right? You can be in places and establishments, and uh, whether it be a restaurant or something like that, around people, it, it's a real deal. So we can't shy away from it, we can't ignore it. We need to understand it so we can operate appropriately. We don't live in fear, right? We live in the power of God and physical Obedience releases spiritual power into situations. So just like we can't ignore demonic activity, we can't ignore angelic activity either. We don't worship angels. It would be foolish for us to worship angels, but it would be foolish for us to ignore what they can do. And so God set it up a way that our physical obedience will release spiritual power, spiritual anointing into our activities, into our situations in life. And so uh, it's important for us to understand that. Uh, let me say this. Let me ask this question. How many, of you have, how many of you have an angel story? Come on, yeah. Yeah, probably all of us. And we probably, there's many we wouldn't even associate. We don't know how it happened and we may not go as far as to say an angel, but I, my guess would be it would be that. Right, someone's praying for you. My oldest daughter was in a wreck a couple months ago. Can I tell you, I'm glad that I pray every day for the angels to surround her wherever she goes. And parents, before your kids leave the house, before they get behind the wheel, before they go to school, before they go to work, before they go to the friends, before they spend the night at neighbors, you pray the protection of the angels. Angels protect my child in Jesus' name. You send them on mission to take care of that. You need to do that. You need to do that. Okay, so I'm a little, I don't know if I want to ask this question. How, how many has a demonic activity story? Don't raise your hand. He's right here. I brought him with me. No, I'm just kidding. If you raise your hand, people are going to move away from you. Oh, okay, let's move out here. Let's sit over here. But it's real. But listen, they don't have power over us. Jesus won that, amen? But we got to walk in our place of authority and we got to operate in physical obedience because it releases power in those situations. And so I wanted to establish that. Um, we've just become so desensitized to it here in America. It's become part of our culture, our society, and it shouldn't be. We should never just accept that. It subtly works its way in. And so, um, again, I don't think our culture has ever been a more pursuit of that kind of spiritual dynamic than today. Uh, I want you to take a look at Hebrews 1.14 for me. Hebrews 1.14. Uh, Hebrews 1.14, let's take a look at that. Amplified uh, translation says this. Are not all the angels ministering spirits sent out by God? to serve, accompany, and protect those who will inherit salvation, of which I am one, in Jesus' name, amen. Of course they're real. Hey, the Bible says they're real. Guess what? They're real. I don't know about that, Pastor. Well, the Word says it, so it's real. And so they are sent by God, ministering spirits sent by God when you have physical acts of obedience 
They're releasing to your situation. And verse seven says this. We'll back up seven scriptures. It goes on to say this. And concerning, uh, and concerning the angels, he says, who makes his angels winds like wind and his ministering servants flames of fire like fire to do his biddings. So understand, on earth there are wind and fire. Earth, wind, and fire. And I'm tempted to go right there with a joke. <laughs> Not fasting jokes. So no, I'm just kidding. So on earth, they have a physical manifestation. So they are... They are here doing things as God sends them as we do physical acts of obedience and other things associated with what we do spiritually. So um, he says he'll release them into our situations. And so we need to understand that. And so as long as Moses' hands are raised, as long as he does what God tells him to do in a physical act, the battle is won because of his physical obedience. Now the context of this message really is in prayer and fasting, but take any act of physical obedience to God. And we're associating it now with prayer and fasting because the season that we're in. But any act of physical obedience to God. So let me say this, the act of giving, the act of tithing. There, just sit back up, up on the back of my neck right there. The act of tithing, the act of giving, whether you like it or not, it is something directed by God and your physical act of obedience will send the power and anointing of God into your resources. That's why it's so important. You, you think, well, the church just wants, no, I want you to walk in freedom. I want physical, I, I want, I, rather, I want spiritual power and spiritual blessing and God's spiritual presence and anointing in your finances and it will take a physical act from you. That's how God set it up. And so in the context of today, however, talking about fasting and prayer. So let's take a look at 1 Timothy 2.8. Here's what it says. I desire therefore... I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, physical act, lifting up holy hands. Now, listen to this next phrase, without wrath and doubting. The physical act could be any physical act, but right now the scripture says the physical act of lifting up hands. But look at what it says at the end, without wrath and doubting. Here's what God's expectation of your physical act. Don't argue with God. Seriously, God, there's no way this is going to work. There's got to be a better way. I don't want to do this at all. It's uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. I'm embarrassed to do that. I don't even like that you asked me to do that. Why'd you even ask me to do that? Don't argue with God. Without wrath and without doubting. You doubt what God can do. Uh, there's no, if I, come on, this is really not going to work. I don't think this is going to make a difference. I don't know how this would even make a difference. I, I don't know, God. This is just silly. This, I don't know. So your physical act of obedience, he wants you to do it without arguing with him <laughs> and without doubting that it's going to work. Physical acts of obedience, without wrath. Don't get mad at God about the instruction God's given you. And don't question whether it's good to do it or not. That makes no sense, God, that will never work. Don't stand and argue with God or question him. The truth is, physical obedience brings spiritual release. So it's important for us to understand that. So when we set aside time to fast and pray, our physical obedience will bring a spiritual release into our hearts and our lives, especially when we do it without wrath or questioning or without doubting. And say, hey, it's, it, it does good because God said it would do good. Right? It does good because Mark said it would do good. Mark, last week we said, we'll see it again, said this only comes out through prayer and fasting. It's the only way it works in this situation. And let me make an observation because this is why I think it's so difficult for us at times. I want to make an observation about the church I see today, just the church at large that I see today. It seems like to me that in the church of today that we've reduced everything down to what we feel and what we know. It seems like we want more and more experiences of internal reflection. Like we want to be self-reflective. We want everything impact. Now it's just becoming to this. Pl- we're coming to this place, and we want to experience God internally. God's a private God. God's a personal God. Can I say yes? He is, but no, He's not. Yeah. 
And we've moved more and more away from the physical expression or the external expression and celebrating those things and acting upon those things because we, it's okay, it's just between me and God. Listen, your salvation is between you and God, but the rest of your life is public. And God wants, desires, commands an external expression out of your life. And I think the world of the church today is becoming so self-focused and so internally motivated or internally reflective that we're getting away from the external expressions. Like raising our hands. Do you know that the reason why we raise our hands is because God likes it? God wrote it that way? Do you know the reason why we shout and jump and dance and clap is because God wrote that he likes that? It seems to me that we may feel humble, and I'm just humble before the Lord, I may feel humble, but rarely do we get on our knees in an act of humility to God. Myself included. I had to check myself on this one. Do you know, to me, it's like this. It's like, I love my wife, and my wife knows that I love her, but if I, if I never express that or I never act like it, she's going to question that. If she, I know she loves me, but I, and John, oh, I know Jessamine loves me. She never acts like it, but I know she loves me, right? What, what do you think God's thinking? No, God knows my heart. Come on. Come on, Don. God knows my heart. Yes, he does. But you'd like to see... The rest of your body know that he loves them, right? <laughs> Not just your heart. Physical acts of obedience release the power of God. The problem is God wrote it the way he wanted it, not the way you want it. He wrote it the way he likes it. He demands it. He commands the external. So God requires many times a physical act of obedience before he releases spiritual reward, spiritual power, spiritual favor, spiritual blessings. And fasting and prayer are some of those acts of obedience. And there's just a connection between the physical act and the spiritual release. And listen, because we don't see what's happening all the time, and we have to see it or feel it, doesn't mean it's not real. In fact, look at 2 Kings for me, 6, 15 through 17, and here's what it says. And when this is, the, the prophet of God is being surrounded, where he's at, it's being surrounded by the army sent to kill him. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, his servant said to him, uh, alas, my master, what shall we do? And it says in the next scripture in 16, so he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then he opened his eyes of the young man and he saw spiritually and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. In other words, he couldn't see it, but it was there. Spiritually, there were more surrounding what was surrounding him. The spirit realm is real. And your physical act of obedience will release the spiritual favor and blessing and power of God into your life. A simple act of obedience to God can release the power of God. So listen, God's surrounding what is surrounding you. So don't be afraid to pray big. Don't be afraid to believe big this year. Don't be afraid to act big. Don't be afraid. Just do something. What we do is we do something and release the power of God into our heart and our lives. Let's take a look in Daniel because now I have to bring this down to what about this prayer and fasting thing? How does that work there? What's happening behind the scenes? I think Daniel gives us great insight into that. And so Daniel 10, we're going to take a look at Daniel 10. Uh, I'm going to read verses 2 and 3 for you. And here's what it says. In those days, I, Daniel, were mourning for three full weeks. It goes on to say in verse 3, I ate no pleasant food. Can I tell you to some of us, the fast, three-week three fast looks like mourning. I'm grieving. I'm grieving brisket right now. I'm grieving, grieving Mexican food. I'm grieving what I can't have. But listen, there's, there's a real, and that's a joke, but there's a real kind of sense. We don't want to do it because we don't want to go without. 
He says, I, and listen to this, I ate no pleasant food. That word pleasant is also translated desirable. So I ate nothing desirable to me, which basically in South Texas means he was fasting Mexican food because that's what we all desire. But <laughs> I ate no desirable food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks, 21 days were fulfilled. I was fasting. I was at a time of denying myself desirable things, basically is what he said. And then he goes down and says in verse 10, he says this, suddenly after 21 days of denying myself something that I wanted, after that, suddenly a hand touched me. After 21 days of fasting, denying myself something, after 21 days of prayer, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on, on my knees and on the palms of my hand. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved. That word beloved right there is the same word as pleasant, which is the same word translated as desirable. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly desired Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. And um, while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Now, now listen to this. Here's what he said in verse three. I think I have it here. Yeah, in verse three, he said, I ate no desirable food. And then verse 11, he said, oh, Daniel, man greatly desired. Daniel says, I ate no desirable thing. I gave up desirable things to me. And God said, and the messenger from God said, then you've become more desirable to God. Now listen for a second. No, hold on for a second. Listen, listen. We're not talking about love. Because love and favor are two different things. Come on. Love and favor are two different things. You can't earn God's love. You can't earn more of God's love. God's love is given in its fullness the moment you receive it. God does, cannot increase his love for you and he cannot decrease his love for you. He loves you at maximum capacity, full on, free, unconditional. God loves you as much as he ever can despite what you've done, despite who you are. However, his favor is given to us initially in a measure, but you can increase it and you can decrease it or choose not to increase it. Let's say it that way. His power, you can increase it or not. The blessings of God, the anointing can be increased or not on your life. And it's based on your stewardship of your physical activity. What you do, what you do to increase the favor of God in your life, increase the anointing of God in your life, increase the power of God in your life, you determine that. How you steward your life. Physical acts of obedience will increase, or how you steward physical acts of obedience can increase the power, blessing, anointing in your life. That's what he's talking about here. So understand, and please don't misquote me, you have God's fullness full on all the time, 24-7. But his favor is more attached to what you do physically in obedience to God. It just is. And so here's what Daniel is expressing. Really, this is an angel, the angel Gabriel. The angel Gabriel is a messenger angel. There are three main angels in scripture. One of them is Lucifer who fell like lightning to the earth. One of them is Gabriel, the messenger angel. One of them is Michael, the warrior angel. And so uh, he brings, uh, Gabriel brings a message to Daniel. And, Dan, and because Daniel did not, he denied himself things that were desirable to him, he became more desirable, if you will, to God. So understand the dynamic there in that moment. Well, then there is uh, this interaction that Daniel continues to have with the angel. And let's take a look here uh, in chapter 10 still, verse 10. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. 
And then, uh, well, what I, here, what I want you to understand something is this next saying. Guys, bring this other saying up on the screen. The increase of favor in our life is dependent on our stewardship. So I'm going to understand that. And now I want to go on to Daniel 10, 11 through 13. So let's take a look at that. Verse 11 says this. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I, am now have, I have been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. The next verse goes on to say this. The next verse goes on to say, come on guys, okay, there we go. Then he said to me, listen, do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself, a physical act, before your God. Your words, next verse, your words were heard, your prayers were heard, and I have come because of your words. Verse, next verse, verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. How many days? How many days was Daniel fasting? So the whole time, your words I heard, but your act of physical obedience, there was opposition to your answer. It goes on to say this in the next verse. But Michael, the warrior angel then, was released. One of the chief princes came to help me, for I had been left there alone with the kings of Persia. Then again, the one having likeness of man touched me and strengthened me. And he said to me, O man, greatly desired, beloved by God, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. Listen to what happens here. Daniel embarks on a physical act of obedience and prayer and fasting. Now his words were reached to heaven immediately when he began to pray. And the answer, the result, the answer was on its way. But it was opposed by the prince of Persia. It was opposed by the demonic activity in that area. He said, but you kept praying and you began to fast and it released Michael, the warrior angel, to come and bring victory in that moment. So here's what I would submit to you or I would suggest to you. When you have a physical act of obedience, there's always opposition to the plan and purpose of God over your life. But when you have a physical act of obedience, you determine or you cast a deciding vote of that thing being released or defeated in your life. Now listen, let me say this. God is not battling with the devil. God's already defeated the devil. This is not a war between God and the devil. There's no, if you say it's a war between God and the devil, then you've just elevated the devil to God's equal. There is no equal to God. God's already defeated him. But there's physical or spiritual opposition, rather, on this earth. Demonic activity trying to keep you from walking in what God has for you. You've already won. You're in salvation. You're going to heaven. And now you have the power, authority, and ability then to cast a deciding vote for that opposition to be removed by angelic activity instead of demonic activity. So maybe some of our answers have not come, not because we've prayed, but haven't prayed, but because maybe we haven't added a physical component or activity to our time that releases a spiritual power. I'm just telling you, I'm just explaining to you what happened with Daniel, which is not unlike what happens in our life. Ah, come on. I don't know. Can I agree with it or not? It's in the Bible. I didn't write it. Right. But I would go so far as to say, listen, the more physical obedience that we can do, the more power is released in those moments in our life where the opposition has come to keep you from receiving what God has. So sometimes you just can't sit back and pray and want and wish and desire and hope. You gotta do something about it. And so when he moves, you gotta move with him. Don't just sit back there, I need you to move. I need you to move over here, I need you to move in here. God, tell me when you've done it, let me know when it's done. The guy's like, come on, I'm moving all the time. Your fasting's not making me do anything. Your fasting's releasing the power and authority that's already been given you. I'm moving. I'm working. How much do you work with me? 
How about you move with me? How about you do your part? How about you act a physical act of obedience and release the spiritual power into the situation in your life for the, uh, the enemy that's opposing you? And let me say it this way. There's a real enemy opposing you. Take a look at Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole army of God that you may be able to stand. You put on the armor that you may be able to stand against the assignment of the devil against you. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Isn't it all about the physical activity on this planet? It's not all about what you see going on around you. But we wrestle, fight against principalities, powers against the rulers of darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. That's where we fight and win the battle. And your act of physical obedience releases the power of God that turns the tide in those battles and frees up the, the, the blessing and the power and the anointing on your life so you can receive and walk in it. Now, I know we don't want to come to church and hear a message about angels and demons, but you need to because it's real. But understand he's giving us the ability to overcome. He's given us the ability to release spiritual power in our situations in our life against the opposition that comes against us. And if we will just get this principle of the power of physical obedience to things and what it does behind the scenes, what it does in the spiritual realm, the real realm. It's the real thing going on. And he's enabled you, given you the power and authority to be able to do that. If you'll take your place and step out in faith and obedience, you'll see things change in your life that you had yet to see. And if you've never done it before, then that's the new thing you need to do to be the new you. Experience that in your heart and life. So breakthrough. We're believing for breakthrough. We're believing for signs and wonders. We sang that song. Well, guess what? Then give a physical act of obedience to release the power into your breakthrough. And it's not just prayer and fasting. It's a physical act of obedience. You get that, right? The context today is prayer and fasting. It's a physical act of obedience, which means that you determine. Sometimes we're sitting back and waiting for somebody else, something else, and God's waiting for you. Hey, if you believe this, act like it. Hey, if you want this, act like it. Hey, if you believe I've given you the power, act like it. Do something. God wants to work in you and through you, not just for you. Amen? I love this about Daniel when he said, I'm going to say this for a second, that, oh, Daniel, desirable. I love that because I, I would love to hear, God, hear God say that about me. And think about that. Oh, oh, Daniel, greatly loved. Oh, Don, greatly loved. Oh, Jessamy, greatly loved. Oh, Camry, greatly loved. Oh, Callie, greatly loved. Oh, Jack, greatly loved. Oh, Kay, greatly loved. I mean, I mean you think about greatly desirable. Greatly desirable. I, I, I mean, I think about that when I've been studying this out. I, I think about that and I think about my life and I think about the power. I think about the favor of God being released in my life. I think about the anointing being released in my life. I want that, I want that favor of God in my family. I want that anointing in my family. And I think back today and, and we're starting a new year, another year. And I, I think back, my wife and I, and my daughter were cleaning out the garage and I came across some, some stuff that my dad had given me, my dad's Bible and stuff. And I got to thinking about my dad and, and thinking about being here today. And I thought, wow, how did a, how did a, a kid and and North Kansas City High School, going right straight to Vietnam after he graduated, six years, two combat tours, come out of there, being messed up on drugs, messed up on alcohol, being uh, uh, anger, temper all the time, and all of a sudden having an encounter with God and surrendering his life and humbling himself before the Lord. How did that man, who had no degree, no experience, one year of Bible school, come and start what we sit here today and enjoy? It's only because of the favor of God. It's only because the anointing of God. Only. And listen, it's not to lift up a man, it's to lift up the principle. 
You would never have thought, no degree, no experience, one year of Bible school, and look at the fruit today. And it's because he gave up desirable things at time to pursue the things of God. And it increased an anointing in his life. It increased a power in his life. It increased a favor in his life. And I'm telling you, let me, say, let, me say, let me say it this way. Let me say it to parents. Parents, I'm telling you, you want your family to be more desired by God? Then give up some desirable things for him, some physical acts of obedience, and allow the favor of God to increase in your family, allow the anointing of God. You want your marriage to be desired by God, a desirable marriage of God, not that he doesn't love you. Then you, as a husband and wife, need to find some desirable things to give up and release a greater favor into your marriage, release a greater power into your marriage. You want a, 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 a family and teenagers or adult children that, that will walk together and that you're united? Maybe you need to give up something desirable so you can have the favor of God in your kids and, and freedom in your teenagers from addictions and bondages. It's the principle of the word of God. Physical obedience releases a spiritual favor and power. Listen, I'm, my family's blessed because I had a mom and dad that knew what it meant to fast and pray give up desirable things. So my family became desirable to God. So my family, my, my sister and her husband are pastoring one chapel this morning with four campuses. My brother is pastoring Audible de Vida this morning in Mexico, and we are here today. Listen, I'm telling you, parents, it's not just about you. It's about your children and your grandchildren and your grandchildren's great-grandchildren, great-great-grand. Start right here. Well, 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 you know what, Pastor Don? I didn't have parents that did that. I'm sorry that you didn't, but you can start it right now with you. You can start with you. You start with physical acts of obedience and set in motion something for your family that can carry on for generations. You start it. You start it. But it's going to take a physical act of obedience to release the power and favor of God, blessings of God, anointing of God in your life and in your family in a greater measure or greater capacity. Because there's an enemy that's after you. And he wants you. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't let him. Don't let him. Be obedient to the things of God. I love that about God, but ultimately the devil doesn't determine it, you determine it. And it's important for us to know. I'm gonna close with Matthew 17, 17 through 21. I brought this out last week, but we looked in Mark, same story, different perspective. I probably should have used this last week, so I wanna explain it a little bit better this week. Here's a story where Jesus' disciples had been following him, walking with him, talking with him, performing miracles, doing things right alongside him for a while. And all of a sudden here comes a man that needed Demonic activity was happening. His son needed that out, needed that cast out. So he came to his disciples, Jesus' disciples, and they weren't able to do that. They prayed and did what they did, and they weren't able to do that. And so he came and spoke to Jesus, and Jesus responded. Let's take a look at the story. Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why couldn't we cast it out? And so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Now hold on to that for a second. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting or this kind of unbelief does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Understand, he's focusing on their unbelief and he's saying to my spiritual sons, my spiritual daughters, those that have been walking with me, talking with me, my church, if you will, my people, my beloved, you have a problem that you need to address. 
You're faithless, meaning you're not connected to God like you should be. You've been with me all this time, but somehow you've allowed some things to get in the way and you're not connected. You think you're connected and you've seen some things happen, but there's some things you're gonna need just a little bit more power, a little bit more favor. And so you need to make sure you're connected to God like you should. And you perverse generation, he's like, not only have you not connected to me like you should, but you've connected more to the world. Oh, you may not even know it. Maybe it was just a story as we're out visiting. Maybe you went into someone's home and, and all of a sudden you started believing what they're saying. Maybe people were saying, this can't be true. How is he true? He can't be the Messiah. What is he saying here? He's saying your unbelief is directly a result. You're not to connect it to God as you should be, and you're connected more to the world than you should be. And he said, the only way, the only way to correct that, the only way to fix that is connect to God in a greater capacity, prayer, and disconnect from the world in a greater capacity, fasting. You need to deny yourself some things and connect with God in a greater capacity, and that will give you a greater sense of unbelief or release a greater power and a greater anointing in your life. The reality is that we live in a world that's constantly trying to infiltrate our lives, infiltrate our minds, infiltrate our church, our culture, our society, and so subtly, subtly, it can easily get, it could be one conversation, it can be music you're listening to, it can be TV you're watching, it can be news you're watching, it can be social media that you're on, it could be a movie, and suddenly, a conversation at the office, and suddenly, subtly, that gets in there. And sometimes you don't even recognize it, sometimes you don't even know it. That's why we need regular times of prayer and fasting. And we think sometimes we're connected with God because we're going to church. But listen, you may not be in the word like you should be in the word. You may not be in prayer like you should be in prayer. You're not maybe worshiping God or raising your hands in praise like you should be. And you think coming to church cuts it. Coming to church doesn't just cut it you got to connect intentionally with God in a greater measure. So that's why he says you need to engage in regular times of prayer and fasting because it connects you to God in a greater capacity, disconnects you from the world in a greater capacity. And so we all need that. I need that. I'm so thankful, and I need to dis- discipline myself more throughout the year. I'm so thankful. I look so forward to these times, of tw- this 21 days of prayer and fasting because of that, and it reveals to me some things. I, well, I didn't know I let that in. And maybe not even that it's bad. I, di- I didn't know that. I didn't know that I wasn't doing that any longer with you, God. I kind of just took ministry for granted, maybe, or I allow my time getting ready here for a sermon to take place in my personal relationship. We all need a checkup. We all need a checkup. And so it says here in Matthew, which is said in Mark, there's things that only happen through our prayer and fasting. But those physical acts of obedience will release the power of God in your life as well. And so that's why it's important to do what we do. And that's why I've asked all of you, got culture your life home to join us on a journey of 21 days. And if you haven't yet, that's okay. Start now, 14 days. You miss a day, hey, pick it up the next day. It's okay. But listen, we need to do something to position ourselves for God's blessing and increase of power and increase of anointing in our life. If this is gonna be our best year ever, naturally, it has to be our best year ever spiritually. And right now, we have an opportunity to get some things in order to not only position ourselves for this next year, but this next decade. And you know what, honestly, and I'll say this, when I said this uh, for, uh, first service. Honestly, I'm going to look and I feel an impression, impressed and a burden to look that more things like this throughout the year. There may be other times throughout the year that I call a time of prayer and fasting and don't, don't hit me with your wrath <laughs> or your doubting. Because we're not just setting ourselves up for this next year. We're setting ourselves up for this next decade. So if we can do things throughout 2020, come on church, if we can set ourselves up this whole year and it'd be our seed for 20 all of the 20s, 20s, right? We're positioning ourselves for the best decade imaginable, not just the best year. 
but it's going to take physical acts of obedience on your part and my part. And God is a faithful God. Amen. He is who he says he is, and he'll do the things he says he will do. Will you? We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.